from Integral Life. Welcome to Everyone is Right. This is a bombastic statement, but I do feel that almost any dysfunctionality can be traced to some polarity being mismanaged or some pole being neglected. And um, I have yet to see that that's not true. Integrating Polarities is Bina Sharma's revolutionary new training program designed to teach you the higher order thinking common to individuals at the integral stage of development. By learning and practicing the cognitive processes that come naturally to integral thinkers, this training can accelerate your own development towards integral stages of being and doing. In this premiere episode of our new monthly Polarity Wisdom Show, Bina introduces the Integrating Polarities training. And here's something special. For a limited time, this training is available to all supporting members of Integral Life for only $50. Why are we doing this? Because polarity thinking can change the world. Our goal is to see at least 2,000 people enrolled into this training so that we, as a community, can begin to put a real dent in the polarization problem, beginning with ourselves in our own integral community and then expanding outward through our various networks and spheres of influence. In the meantime, please enjoy this premiere episode of Polarity Wisdom with Bina Sharma and myself, Corey DeVos. I tell you, today we are in for a real treat because um, today I'm sitting down with a really, really dear friend, longtime ally of the Integral Movement and the Integral Project as a whole, uh, Bina Sharma. And Bina, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Mostly I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, I'm so excited for this. We've been talking about doing the show for a couple months now. Um, really, I mean, really, if you track it back, we've been talking about doing something together for at least a year or so. Yes, longer. And, uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited that we're finally getting this off the ground. Before we start, you know, I was, I was thinking maybe you could share a little bit more about your background, just sort of, um, you know, what brought you into the integral fold in the first place so many years ago, and really what led you to uh, what we're going to be talking about today, which is this, this integrating polarities web course um, that we're going to be launching in a couple weeks, and that you and I are going to be exploring and unpacking in a monthly show um, as we go. So why don't we start off with just a little bit of background? Yeah, sure. It could get to be a long story, so I'm going to keep it short and relevant. Um, I'm working in the area of human and organizational development. I started um, doing organizational leaders training in cognitive thinking skills and then became more interested in how we learn. And um, so I, in some ways, trained myself in organizational development and change management. And um, after doing uh, a few years of that, really got interested deeply in human development. And um, even this evolution of my interest in some ways is an outcome of me really looking at my own development. You know, how am I developing? How am I growing? So in some ways that's been, a fundamental approach that I have um, used the self as instrument to observe development and then in some ways to come up with my own understanding of development and then to explore areas that are emergent or haven't been explored and then integrating new um, aspects and dimensions that I've been learning. So I know that sounds a bit abstract. What that means is, um, and this is also the story of how I came to Integral, is I had all this training and cognitive skills, you know, these Mm -hmm. are the 10 steps to great decision-making or these are the, you know, uh, five ways you can be more creative kind of thing until I realized that even with a good understanding of how to take good decisions, my personal life was a mess, uh, you know, many, many years ago. And I felt I hadn't taken the right decisions and um, I was struggling with um, the situation I was in with the divorce and my, you know, uh, the difficulty with separation from my daughter. And so it really invited me to understand that just cognitive area is limited. And it pushed me into um, really exploring the subjective, the emotional 
aspects of my interior. And so I got interested in um, psychotherapy and I got trained in, um, you know, using personal growth labs, doing reflective work, doing group relations work. And um, so that was um, definitely a very big milestone in my own development. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that both the cognitive skills and the way I was learning about my interior, they were both engaging my mind. And, you know, my body was left out completely. They were the talking cures and I felt it didn't feel whole. It didn't feel integral. And at that time, I didn't know the word integral. And so I got more interested in bringing my body in and uh, becoming more aware of um, embodied practice. And I started learning Indian dance. And so that was a huge milestone in my development. And then I came to this yet another realization that even the mind and the body, they're both form and there's a whole energetic, you know, there's an energy space um, that can support my own development or subtle energy work, if you will. And so I then learned Reiki and began practicing Reiki. And I cured myself of uh, a couple of longstanding physical issues. And that completely blew my mind that there was a whole area, a whole aspect of myself that I could develop. Um, so when I came, on, came into Integral, it explained my life. And um, I got deeply interested in one aspect of Integral, which was um, stages of development. So I started working with Suzanne many years ago, Suzanne Cookreuter who's a, a seminal researcher in the field and a theorist and a great practitioner. So I've been working with Suzanne since 2004. And um, a little before I met Suzanne, I uh, um, encountered Barry Johnson's work in polarities. And if you notice um, the polarities that I navigated to get through my own development, cognitive and emotional, that's a polarity. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not either this or that, and they seem to be intention. And then uh, mind and body, that's a polarity, you know, seem to be intention is either mind or body, and then we learn to integrate. And then form and formless or form and energy is another polarity. So um, it really felt like, you know, the integral framework, the adult development framework, the polarity framework lens all helped me understand my own growth and development. And, um, and um, there is no end to my fascination for uh, how this is so informative and illuminating to me as I interpret my day-to-day -day reality, as I navigate, um, you know, my life today. Right. Right. No, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Thank you. And thank you for sharing more um, of your background. And where are you from originally? I'm originally from India, um, and I like to say from neither here nor there, because my father is from the north, my mother's from the south. In the last 10 years, I lived in the middle, the uh, west central um, right. India. And so um, I think that's also uh, very interesting for me that I was an outsider, even to, my, to the subculture that I lived in. When I lived in North India, I was seen as South Indian because my mom's South Indian. And when I lived in South India, I was seen as North Indian because my dad's North Indian. Right. And I think that that is the origin of my um, interest in polarities and looking at these tensions and opposites and looking at how do we integrate? Right, right. Well, when growing up amidst so much uh, social and cultural polarization, it really sort of foregrounds um, how important it is for us to have some sort of process, some sort of method for us to actually begin to manage, well, first identify and recognize what the real sort of polarities at play are, um, and then learning how to manage and then ultimately integrate those polarities um, so that we can be healthier, happier, wiser, uh, more productive, more effective. Um, yeah, and, it's, and it's fascinating how your story really sort of begins like right sort of between these two, you know, strong uh, cultural polarities within your, your country of origin. 
Yeah, um, yeah. Sort of, sort of explains how you got here in a lot of ways. Yes, I and, think so. And as I mentioned, so just in a few weeks, we're going to be launching this amazing new web course. And we're titling it uh, Integrating Polarities. And I, I tell you, it is, um, being a, I am just in love <laughs> with this course. I think it's, it's so powerful. And I think, you know, really our audience is going um, to eat this stuff up. And, you know, I just, there's a few reasons why I'm excited. I'm basically excited for three um, really primary reasons. First off, because obviously um, our world is so freaking polarized right now. I mean, as far as I can tell, this is, this is within America anyway, this is the most polarized we have been socially, culturally, economically, um, et cetera, since maybe what, before the Civil War. So I think that this polarity work is tremendously important because it's going to actually give us the tools to begin to sort of bridge that, that growing divide between us. You know, as Ken said in our last episode together, uh, when we're talking about gun violence, you know, when it comes to polarization, um, we, we really only have two options. It's either we learn to manage and integrate these polarities or it's war, right? And there's really not much sort of in between there. Um, so I'm really, really that we're, we're uh, getting this process sort of off the ground. And I think, um, you know, teaching people in a really, uh, you know, sort of really profound way, um, how to better navigate, um, you know, these, these, their own biases and their own blind spots and their own shadows and, um, you know, really help us find a, a more positive and more productive way forward in the world. Yeah, I agree with you. And I do see it as a foundational tool. Um, and I think the polarization that we see in the culture today is more complex um, because it also involves um, other factors, other aspects. And um, I think understanding stage development perspectives and how we interpret um, the polarization itself is an important piece uh, to pay attention to. Mm. However, understanding polarities, I think, is foundational. And it gives us um, a really uh, potent thinking vehicle to, um, to be clearer and kinder. You know, I've, uh, I'm also doing Byron Katie's work more recently. Mm. Um, challenging beliefs and in some ways I'm beginning to see how that marries into um, both ego development and polarity so it's my current um, in some ways exploration and fascination mm. um, so I think being clearer and kinder is um, a, a very simple um, outcome right yeah, I love that. I love that frame of, of clarity and kindness. And I love that you mentioned, you know, sort of um, how important this is to, to integral thinking itself, which is the second reason I'm really excited about this course. You know, I've been saying for years that, you know, man, we have to find a way to systematize and teach integral thinking, sort of like we do, you know, critical thinking in high yeah. schools, or at least we yeah. used to teach critical thinking in high schools. One of the big reasons why we might be having so many problems with polarization is because we've stopped teaching critical thinking in high schools. Um, but you know, Ken, Ken has described polarity management as these are the mechanics of integral thinking. That was uh, a quote that I think Ken um, said to you uh, a, a while back. And yeah. I think that this is, this is really, really important because you know, usually what we hear in sort of integral world do is, we usually teach people sort of the products of integral thought. You know what I mean? Like here yeah. are the quadrants, here are the levels, here are lines and states and types and et cetera. And we just sort of plunk it on your head and, you know, and as a result, it can sort of, you know, the, the model itself can feel, you know, a little bit static, I think in a yeah. certain kind of way and a little bit heavy. Um, and what this does is I think it, it sort of, it, it brings some new life, uh, in a certain kind of way to the model. And again, really sort of scaffolds for people how to go about thinking integrally, how to, how to do the same type of thinking that produces things like integral models in the first place. So that's, I, I think, something that really, really comes through uh, in this course and through your teaching. Yeah, I'm so glad you see it that way and you're highlighting that piece. So it is a skill. Polarity thinking is a skill, and I call it more polarity wisdom because it then brings in more mature perspectives as well. Um, 
And as I'm thinking about how I got here, you know, I started doing, uh, I was teaching thinking skills. And so if you look at what do, what have we taught formally in our educational systems, we've taught information thinking first, mm. and then we realized, well, information is not enough. We need to apply our critical faculty. So we need to teach critical thinking. And then you began to see that, well, critical thinking is not enough. We need to teach creative thinking, a creative problem solving. And so I've done both of that. I've taught critical thinking and I've taught creative problem solving. And it is so fitting that I then stepped into polarity thinking, which is a higher order thinking skill. Mm. And um, if you look at the integral model, it comes together because Ken recognized these polarizations. He would take a field of, in, you know, he would take a field of endeavor, look at the various schools of thought within it and understand and see that each school was privileging one aspect. Right. And then he was able to abstract and conceptualize saying, hey, all these schools are privileging the individual. All these schools of thought are privileging the collective. And that is a polarity. Right. We, we're never going to solve the problem of which is the right answer by picking one or the other. And so he brought it together, the individual and the collective in one frame, which is the integral frame. Mm. And then, you know, laced it with the interior and the exterior, recognizing that different schools privilege the interior and other schools privilege the exterior. And the looking at a comprehensive model requires bringing these polarities together. So um, I, th I think the fundamental thinking underneath the integral model is polarity thinking. That's right. And yeah, I, I think and, so too. So that's why it's integrative. Yeah, well, and that's, you know, which brings me to the third reason I'm excited, which is that it really does, it deepens my own relationship with the products of integral thought, with the integral model, um, you know, itself. The, the integral model, you know, as you, as you were just saying, is itself composed of, you know, just a handful of really fundamental polarities, right? I mean, it's interior and exterior, it's individual and collective, it's part and whole, it's emptiness and form, uh, and what have you. Um, and, you know, really, you know, sort of the idea is that all of, you know, manifestation is sort of a fractalization of these really, really core polarities. Everything that exists, exists somewhere between these fundamental poles. Um, and rather than, you know, seeing, therefore, the integral framework as some sort of static, unchanging kind of, you know, almost like a diagram on the wall, um, this collection of, of, I don't know, boxes and categories and colors and so forth. It, 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 again, it, it comes alive. It starts to feel less like a, a static snapshot of reality and, you know, more like this, this, this reflection of this living, breathing universe. One that is, you know, obviously it's constantly changing and evolving and shifting, you know, as sort of the different conditions and relationships and feedback loops that exist between all the different components of Aquil are themselves constantly changing. So this to me, it, it you know, what polarities does is to me, it, it, it feels like it takes this, this very almost concrete conception of the integral framework and it makes it dance. So polarities really does, it makes, it makes Aqual itself dance and it's beautiful. I think it really is, um, it adds something really, really important to how we sort of classically think about uh, Ken's integral framework. Yeah, that is beautiful. I do believe it makes it more dynamic um, because there is a dance between the, inter the interior and the exterior, the individual and the collective. And then across the diagonals, also, there's a dance. There's a dance mm -hmm. between the individual exterior and the collective interior. That's, That's right. the diagonal. There's also a dance between the individual interior and the exterior collective. That's, that's the diagonal. And so you can begin to see the dynamics diagonally between quadrants, across the quadrants, and it becomes like a, like a dancing flower. You know, if you actually mm -hmm. trace the movements, it's, it's very dynamic. Yeah. Um, the other thing I recognized is even after studying and steeping myself in integral for a few years and claiming to be integral, when I began to go deeper into polarities, I noticed that I was um, privileging some poles and neglecting others all the time. Right. And it 
occurred to me that I can't claim to be integral if I'm not able to integrate a polarity in my life attention that um, I am actively stuck in where I'm rejecting something and then I'm moving towards something else and feeling that one is better than the other when they're both needed. And so polarity thinking and polarity wisdom helped me see um, how there was value in both. Um, so I began then to notice how others also in the integral world were being integral intentionally and were not conscious when they were privileging a certain pole. And so it opens up a new world, uh, new layers of how I can be more integral. Mm. So I found that to be hugely helpful. Um, so what was revealed over time was my unconscious privileging of certain strengths or certain values or certain elements. And so I became more aware of what I wasn't aware of. So that also contributed to my development. Right. Um, and I had another thought, it'll come back. Well, yeah. And, you know, and that process, I think, is just as important sort of in the exterior political world as it is in our interior, you know, personal inner world. Mm -hmm. um, just being able to, to notice when we are getting captured by one of these biases or blind spots. I mean, unless you really have, I, I think, a working familiarity with, with the polarity methodology, there's, you know, there's so many of these that are just going to go unrecognized because we just haven't taken the time to back up and really um, you know, examine um, you know, real, what are my biases? What are sort of the main polarities that I find myself attracted to? And the poles that I really find myself repulsed by, why am I repulsed by it? Is that something within me or is that, you know, something with, you know, out there? Um, and, it, and it draws us in. It starts, it starts, it invites us to start asking deeper, more meaningful and really more revelatory um, questions in a certain kind of way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I got my thought back that I wanted to share, which is, um, the integral model is like a meta model and it identifies these four core poles, two polarities are lined up to give us the four quadrants. And of course you talk about all the lines of development and there are tensions and polarities between those lines, like the emotional line and the, let's say the uh, thinking or intellectual line. Mm -hmm. um, what polarities help me see is that there's an infinite number of polarities I am seeking to navigate and harmonize every day. And so it literally it expands the entire scope of being integral because there's a tendency for me to limit myself to those four key polarities uh, within the integral framework. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to have that as the Uber sort of meta model and then begin to explore all the other polarities at play. So it, in some ways it multiplies the integral field and it multiplies my exploration. So that's also, I think, very valuable. Yeah. Um, and I'm noticing we're talking about polarities and we haven't actually defined them. Well, yeah, so let's, well, let's get into that. You know, I wanted to get through, I just wanted to let everyone in our audience sort of why I personally am so excited by this course, but yeah. you know, I, I figure now we can actually start, um, you know, demonstrating some of this for people. Um, yeah. and before we yeah. begin, Bina, I, I, you know, let's, start with a really, you know, I, I think it sounds like a simple question to a lot of people, but it's really not when you start, when you start digging in. Um, and that is the question of, you know, what exactly is a polarity? So uh, polarity is a very, um, what shall I say, um, common word. It has many connotations, many ways in which we use the word polarity. And the way we are using it is codified in a particular way because it's useful and it helps us leverage the dynamic that is natural uh, when there are two elements in tension. So a polarity is not an opposite. A polarity is a pair of interdependent strengths or interdependent values that are both needed over time. Mm. So if you and I are in a friendship, relationship, partnership, we're working together, I might want to make it a successful partnership by making sure that you get what you need. Mm -hmm. And that's focusing on you. Another person in my place might focus on making a successful partnership by focusing on what 
they need, which is focusing on them. Mm-hmm. And you notice in each of these, it feels like in the first instance, focusing on you is a better idea and that's going to bring us success. That's gonna bring me success. And in the second instance, focusing on my needs is a better idea because that's gonna bring me success. Mm-hmm. And this is a classic polarity. It's not e- either you or me, it's gotta be both. Because if I overfocus on making sure you get what you need and I neglect what I need over time, this is not gonna be a successful partnership. There's going to be a time where I begin to feel dissatisfied or I begin to feel frustrated. You get everything you want, even though I'm the one that's making that happen in my head, um, I'm not gonna feel um, that this is working for me. And the flip side is also true. If I'm just making sure that I get everything I need and this is working the way I want, over time, you know, you're likely to feel the neglect of your interests and your goals and your ideas and your vision. And it can take a hundred forms, you know, in terms of are we including, are we doing inclusive decision-making or how are we working together, et cetera, but just fundamentally. So that is the polarity where it's not either you or me, it's both and. Mm -hmm. And we've been trained in either or thinking, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You just have to pick one or the other. You know, it's either, um, either cost or quality. You know, if I mm-hmm. want quality, I have to forget about cost. If I want to focus on cost, I have to forget about quality. And um, so recognizing the either or mind uh, functioning in a situation that requires both end is the skill. Mm. And it's, um, it's a deep bias we have for finding the right answer and, you know, picking one and doing away with the other picking what we like and doing away with what we don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, so a polarity is an interdependent pair. We say it's interdependent because this you and me is interdependent. If I focus too much on me, then it's a downside and I'll have to end up coming back to you to make it right. If I focus too much on you, I'll end up having to come back to me to make it right. And so we, we're interdependent. And so this also teaches us interdependent thinking and teaches us integral thinking. So I haven't actually explained it this way, but it, was that, uh, was that, no, that? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I think something that's really important that comes out of that is that a polarity is not, for example, a polarity is not something uh, that has like an inherent positive and an inherent negative. So it's not like uh, good and bad are, are, you know, a polarity we would want to spend time with. It's, it's a, it's a pair that exists with some sort of, you know, it ha- that has a dynamic relationship with each other and can each be enacted in positive or negative ways. Is that, is that fair to say? Is that, is that accurate? Well, positive and negative comes when you overfocus on one or the other. Mm-hmm. So yes, you're right. It's not one good and one bad. So um, let me say, if I took care of you and focused more on you, Um, I would end up neglecting myself. And if Mm -hmm. I took care more of myself, I would end up neglecting you. Mm -hmm. It's easy to think about, um, what shall I say? Inaccurately think about this as, oh, taking care of you and being selfish. That's the polarity. Either I'm selfish, that I'm taking care of me, or I'm taking care of you. And that's not a polarity because selfish is negative. It's the downside if I, if I only take care of me and don't take care of you, I become selfish. So that's the downside. Mm-hmm. And so one good and one bad doesn't make the polarity. And it's also not about are we using it in positive or negative ways? It is, are we getting the wisdom of both? Am I getting the wisdom of taking care of myself? Am I able to tap into the wisdom of taking care of you? If I do one or the other, I end up in a negative place. But the polarity is actually taking care of you and taking care of me. And mm. I need to do both and you need to do both. Right, right. No, it's very clear and that's, and that's helpful because I do think a lot of times people, um, when they're thinking about polarities, they're thinking about these in sort of oppositional terms. Yes. They're thinking yes. in terms of like, well, this one cancels this one out or this one is obviously, um, you know, is virtuous and this one is unvirtuous. 
And, and it sounds like you're saying if, 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 you, if you're working with a polarity that, and those polarities have very strong sort of positive and negative connotations sort of on the surface, you might want to dig a little bit deeper and see if those themselves aren't manifestations um, of, of a, a deeper polarity. Um, that's being maybe underserved. So you, you mentioned uh, selfishness. Selfishness is not itself a polarity that we would be, it doesn't exist in polarity in a way that, you know, we would really want to tune into, but is itself sort of the symptom of a deeper polarity being undernourished or undermet or underfed in some way. Yes. Yes, okay. absolutely. And um, I think the skill is in teasing out uh, from what appears to be negative, what's the wisdom that's hidden in that, that when you overdo it, leads us to that negative. Right, right. Yeah, I love it. So it gets us around the whole, you know, you, you and I a couple of days ago were joking. Um, it gets us around the whole problem of people evoking polarities in such a way that it's like one person says uh, concentration camps are bad. And then another guy says, no, we need more concentration camps. And then someone in the middle is trying to manage the polarities says, well, okay, guys, obviously we just need some concentration camps. That's not a way to integrate polarities, people. That is not (laughs) not a way to integrate polarities. That's not what we're talking about here. Well, and I think a lot of this will be, you know, will become a bit more clear once we um, offer people an example. So once we have identified a particular polarity, sort of a a, a pair of polarities that we really want to uh, get into and we really want to... Uh, sort of unpack the positives and negatives and and so forth. Um, How do we do that? How does the integrating polarities process actually work? Um, And can you give us sort of a quick example? Yeah, sure. And we would call it a pair of poles, uh, which makes it one polarity. Mm -hmm. So each polarity has two poles, which are in tension, and uh, they seem to pull us in opposite directions. They seem to be contradictory until we make the mistake of picking one over the other and then we end up in not a great place. Mm -hmm. And then we recognize that we need the other in order to feel whole or to be integrated. Um, So I can share with you an example that I have. Actually, it's a personal example. It's a polarity that I've been uh, initially struggling with and more lately being being more harmonized around. That would be fantastic. Okay, so I'm gonna share my screen. All right, so I assume you can see my screen. Yep. Okay, I'll put you up here so that my gaze is a little up. So you'll see here, there's on top, you see the integrated self and and at the bottom, you see the unintegrated self. And um, this is um, um, a little cycle that um, you'll all recognize that you've all gone through in your life some way or the other. And um, it's, illustrates the dynamic of what a polarity is and how polarities work. Um, The cool thing about this is it's not new. And um, it's very easy to walk away feeling, I know this, I've got it, and never really use it uh, in a way intentionally to support our integration. So even if you know, anybody that's watching and listening, even if you don't take the course, um, my invitation is that you continue to explore the dynamic and continue to observe yourself and continue to practice so that, so that you can get more, more and more. And um, um, I, I consider myself a user, you know, I eat it, I smoke it, I drink it. I, you know, it's just something that um, I guess, uh, I'm compulsive about. <laughs> okay. So, so this is my little story. Um, it's, um, so if you look at the top left quadrant, um, the trigger for my reflection is what do I value? And how do I see myself? What's in, what is my strength? What's an enduring strength? What is something that I love to pursue? And in my case, it's growing and developing myself. It's just something that excites me, interests me, gives me energy. I, I love the idea of actualizing my potential. And um, as an outcome, I feel I can um, support other people, be, you know, be a catalyst for their growth. So this is me. I define myself, one part of the way I define myself. And of course, the more I like it, the more I'll do this. 
And um, I found over time that I ended up over-focusing on growing and changing and continuously wanting to be intentional to such an extent that um, I became too invested in improving myself and other people. So you know what that's like when you have a lot of advice about what everybody should do, every, how everybody else should change. I'm so good and, at that. Yeah. And then also so good at being critical of myself. You know, I just haven't made the progress I should have made and not where I thought I could be. And it also prevents me or prevented me from seeing where I've actually arrived. You know, the movements I've made and it prevented me from appreciating myself because I want to transform and I want to change and I want to grow. So this is not a great place to be. And, and I lived in this for a very long time because I interpreted it as being, well, this is, it goes with the territory. This is collateral. I'm trying to change myself and this is what it takes. Until my suffering was so great that I realized if I didn't make the turn, if I didn't move here to this, this side, then it really wasn't sustainable. And so at those times of suffering, I wanted to be more attentive to the perfection within me, the true, the good, and the beautiful within me. I realized I needed to embrace and be forgiving of myself, loving myself as I am, and to then appreciate all the movements. Um, I needed to do that because I was really struggling in number two. So I did, I, I started experiencing and experimenting with that. However, because of our training, my training in either or thinking, because of my valuing the left side so much, very quickly, I, I would fear that I would stagnate because I'm, I'm now not growing. I'm now celebrating myself and feeling like I'm perfect. And so very quickly, I would fall into this fear of I'm not growing, I'm stagnating and I'm going to become complacent. And now I'm going to become superior, even feel arrogant that I have arrived. And I hated that. Mm. And uh, I worried that I wouldn't actualize my potential, that I'd be less than who I can be. So for someone who defines herself with the upper left, this is the worst place to be to stagnate, to not actualize my potential. So this is so uncomfortable that I would then go back immediately to changing myself and trying to improve because I felt that was the better thing for me to do. That was the better way for me to be. So this is my little story. And we all have stories and cycles that mirror this, either the same kind of uh, tension or you know a hundred other tensions but they follow the same dynamic mm -hmm. so you can see there are two tensions here on one side i'm drawn to transforming and growing so i call that pole transforming and on this side i need to celebrate need to savor to celebrate and to embrace uh, where i am right here right now and um, historically i've been privileging transforming and sitting in the left downside of this pole or this value. So the fundamental message is this is a tension. It's, these are two poles of a polarity that cannot be solved by picking one over the other. Either way, I'm stuck. If I think transforming is better than celebrating, I'm going to be super self-critical. If I think about celebrating and just reveling in my perfection is the way to be, perfect, then I am not going to grow. I'm going to become static and I'm not going to actualize what's potential. So it's so obvious to me now, mm. even though my life was spent in privileging one pole, it's obvious now that they both need, I need to integrate these. So what is not the polarity here is transforming and stagnating, for example, that's an opposite. Right. Right. So transforming and celebrating is the polarity. So this is an example. And the way the dynamic works is we all move towards a value that we love. Like I move towards transforming and for various reasons we move there. And then very quick, not very quickly, let's say we do more and more of it. And then we hit the limitations and we hit the downside. And then we are drawn to the opposite, which is the healing value. Celebrating is going to heal the problems 
of privileging, transforming. And so I'm drawn to go there, but very quickly I worry that this is what I'm going to get and this is the worst place for me to be. And so I go back to where, what I always wanted. And this is the underlying hidden dynamic of the, uh, the polarity realities. And um, surfacing this, becoming aware, helps me manage this better so that I'm not sitting in either downside. Right, right. And if I manage this polarity well and I get, I'm able to access the wisdom of transformation and access the wisdom of celebrating, then I get into a virtuous cycle and it elevates my system. It releases energy for further development. And if I privilege one or the other, it doesn't matter which, I will end up in the downside, in the vicious cycle, which leads me to be an unintegrated self. So the message is uh, we need to integrate polarities in our life. And this feels in a lot of ways, you know, like it's sort of um, sequential. So, you know, the first step is to simply uh, you know, develop the capacity to identify, to notice mm-hmm. which polarities we're sort of oscillating between, and then notice how we're making this circuit. And yes. oftentimes, left to our own devices, we're just making this circuit sort of unconsciously, yes. right? We're just, we're just stuck in this, in this infinity sign going, you know, from one pole to the other and positive to negative and back and forth again. And it seems like the next opportunity is actually to, to come up with an integration strategy that actually gets you out of that perpetual back and forth ping pong uh, sort of cycle that we, that we find ourselves in. Yeah, and you were never going to be able to get out of it. Right. We, we can live, we live in it and we get to dance with joy. We get to dance better. So um, we, we sort of manage, um, we manage this in a way that we don't hit the downsides and that when we begin to, ex- begin to experience the downsides, then the healing force of the other pole, we can actively engage in that and then that lifts us again. Right. And so when in the course, I'll actually share the bigger template and the tool around which um, we can do some intentional work and practice designing experiments for ourselves so that we begin to try on what is this other pole that I've been pushing away all my life. Um, And um, they just keep getting revealed to us as we begin to see them. So I was doing a lot of work around polarities and after 15 years, a new polarity emerged that I realized had been a 15 year cycle for me, which was between movement and stillness. So I was doing a lot of work and I realized that there was a lot of dynamic movement and I'm just that I just hadn't had enough stillness in my life, even though I was doing meditation and you know I had all these practices, but they were all in the realm of doing mm. and activity activity and doing something intentionally. And so not doing, doing and not doing became the polarity that then I began to work on. After 15 years, I realized I'd been doing it for 15 years and I hadn't even been aware of it, even though I'd, I'd been teaching polarities for those years. So that I find that fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, it is fascinating. You know, the other thing that I'm kind of keying into as I, as I watch you um, show us this graphic is how um, any given polarity can itself be, can, can really resonate with and, and, and almost, uh, it feels almost like a holographic um, yeah. sort of resonance because, you know, you're, you're showing me this polarity right here and it seems to evoke so many other polarities fundamentally, you know, just right out of, out of the integral framework. I mean, there's, yeah. there's something here about vertical health versus horizontal health. Um, okay. Something here about the sort of the ascending current of spirituality versus the descending current or yeah. um, Eros and having sort of directing your energy towards moving up the spiral versus uh, agape and sort of um, embracing. Um, yeah, so- they're everywhere. And if you notice, you use the word versus. Mm. And so that itself pits one against the other. It's, right. you know, it's sort of combative. It's this versus that. And so clearly thinking um, invites us to change that versus to an end. It's, right. um, it's vertical and horizontal and it's, um, you know, all the other pairs that you used. So if there's one thing, you know, listeners um, can take away, it's 
see when you use verses and ask yourself, is this really a versus? Because there, is, there, are, there are things that are opposing where you have to pick one and leave the other. Mm. So there are problems that are either or problems that you can solve by picking one thing and dropping the other and problem solved. But, but imagine not recognizing when it's a polarity and using either or thinking. Right. I mean, that's not serving anybody. Yep. That was fascinating. And it was, it's really, um, you know, just by that simple sort of uh, uh, example that you offered us, which was very personal for you. Um, it, you know, to me, I was really leaning in there and I could just see how much juice there is um, in, this, in this process and um, how much I could really relate with the struggle that you were able to sort of illustrate in those four, four boxes. I think all of us watching can really sort of relate with that. Um, and this is also everyone, everybody relate, anybody who's involved in developing themselves can relate to it. They, they might use different words, they might formulate different values around it, but the tension we all experience as human beings when we want to grow and change, and then we recognize we don't need to and we're not accepting. So changing and accepting could be another way of describing that polarity. And so it's a, it's a language clarification process where if I were working with you and you were experiencing some form of this tension, then we would find the words that were, had more charge for you and that would be meaningful and reflective of the way it shows up in your life. And mm. then that would make it easier for you to work with it. Right. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and in terms of you know, what this practice has you know, to offer people, in terms of their personal life, their relationships, their work in the world, um, et cetera, um, I thought maybe we would, we would touch on some of those benefits. Because it seems to me that, um, you know, in terms of how this affects us, how this benefits us personally, you know, it, it seems like there's a lot of opportunities in this practice for things like shadow work, for example. I mean, just by, um, you know, illustrating these polls, and noticing how we respond to one or the other, it's, it's a really, really great um, opportunity for self-reflection and to see what kind of biases, what kind of blind spots um, that you know, we, we might be walking around with that we don't necessarily know about yet until we see it sort of illustrated um, on a piece of paper in front of us. And I guess what I'm really curious is whether you think that practicing this process can actually accelerate development in any way, particularly ego development? Very deeply so. Mm. Um, and that's actually been my exploration um, as I've been studying ego development, working with it and teaching it, recognizing the contribution of uh, polarity wisdom in ego development. And so very early on, I saw that one of the defining capacities at post-conventional stages of development is the capacity to do both and thinking. And so it immediately hit me that if we taught both and thinking and if we helped people to see this dynamic, that it would be a lever to help people move from conventional to post-conventional meaning making. And mm -hmm. so that's been an effort and that's why we use this tool to support vertical development. Um, and absolutely the benefits are in um, doing deeper interior work and to also doing shadow work because shadow work is that working with that which is not conscious, that which is pushed away and projected outwards. And so that dynamic you can see in polarities and it comes alive in interpersonal relationships. So let's say again, you and I are working in a team and you're um, a very, let's say you hang out on the pole of safekeeping and I hang out on the pole of um, adventurous, being adventurous. Mm -hmm. So we both privilege each of these because we see the value and we think that that's the way to, um, to be successful, just to put it simply. Now, when we're working together, I think I'm being very adventurous, but you, on the other hand, are being very fearful. So now, I, I, because I'm not seeing the wisdom of safekeeping, I, I, I project the downside on you. Mm -hmm. So I see you as being very fearful and I'm being adventurous and bold and risk-taking. You, on the other hand, uh, 
are embracing the value of safekeeping and you're going to think I'm not being fearful. I'm just being cautious. I'm being protective and I need to be protective so that we, we create stability for ourselves or the system or whatever. Now, Bina, on the other hand, it can be foolhardy and she is just could even be crazy. You know, she's just doesn't know what she's risking and she's putting so much at stake. And I, I might, listen to that or get that feedback and say, I'm not being foolhardy, I'm being adventurous. How can we even embrace what's new and how can we get into a brave new world without risking something and without being adventurous? So we each disown the wisdom of the other and then we project the downside of the wisdom. So that is shadow work Yep. in very simple terms. Yep. Um, so yes, it's very helpful in doing personal work. It's helpful in every which way because it's, it is, equipping your thinking is augmenting your thinking it's augmenting the either or part of your mind with the both and part it's augmenting um, um, more interdependent higher level thinking than just being critical or creative like we mm -hmm. talked about critical thinking and creative thinking mm -hmm. and it's scalable all the way up and all the way down in every way it um, it's applicable at the practical day-to-day -day level day-to-day uh, -day problems and issues and at the very highest level of abstraction, whether you know you are a spiritual seeker, we know you and I know many spiritual seekers who privilege the absolute over the relative. That's a fundamental mismanagement of polarity, and that is not going to be a sustainable spiritual path. Right. Right. So um, it's also scalable all the way up and all the way down from a stage development perspective. So you can work with identifying polarities at every stage of development. And the later the stage, the greater capacity you have to see the dynamic and the depth and the realities. But at every stage of development, you're navigating the reality. You are experiencing the upsides and downsides of privileging one pole over the other, not recognizing that they come tied, that they are together, that they are complementary, And, um, you know, in some ways, you can say that preferences are the root of all evil. You know, if you prefer one pole over the other, you're going to end up in the downside. And so there are always two goods and two evils. It's not a good versus evil, but you need, you need good. And then you need the other good together with it to marry so that you can harmonize and, and um, heal what's not good. Yeah. Yeah, well said. And, you know, I love um, also, Bina, how you sort of drop this into the context of interpersonal relationships, because this is, you know, another one of the big sort of catastrophes of polarization is what it has done to drive so many different kinds of wedges into our different communities, into our families, into our friends, into our colleagues and our social networks. And, you know, even the online integral community itself is in many ways becoming increasingly sort of balkanized and fragmented. Um, often due to, you know, our sort of collective inability to integrate these polarities, the, the, the sort of the polarities that lie at the core of so many of these interpersonal conflicts. Um, so it sounds like you're really saying that, you know, not only will this be a sort of personal benefit in terms of, um, uh, you know, us uh, becoming more aligned with our own sort of deepest integrity. Um, but it's also, you know, really sort of helping to promote more empathy and more cohesion sort of between us collectively. Yes, it has taught me to be so much more appreciative of um, other people. Like if I find something in you that I don't like, and then I'm able to unpack that and see, well, that's the downside, but what's the wisdom in it? And then I'm able to tease that wisdom and then see see the wisdom that's shining in the position you've taken and then begin to see what's missing and what am I, what can I add to that so that we can, um, so that I can harmonize and integrate with you. And integration is a big word, you know, integrating polarities. It feels, it's not just well integrating and you do one thing and you integrate it. There's so many, um, there's so many aspects to it and um, so much more nuance to what it takes to actually integrate a polarity and, um, so many dimensions you have to be um, including in that. What is the context? What is my preference? Um, is this short term? Is this long term? Are you including the whole system? Is it my choice? Um, 
you know, is, do I have influence? All of these things have to be considered. And, um, and then you might choose to walk away also. And that would be managing a polarity well sometimes. Mm-hmm. To walk away from a polarized community might be a good way of integrating a polarity that you might be struggling with. So it's just, it's not that simple. And, and everybody can work with it because everybody can understand what this is about because every human being works with it every day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I feel like that's another sort of benefit that really comes with this is not only does it help us, you know, sort of find a more holistic way to think about these things and a more, you know, again, holistic way of sort of putting all these pieces together into a, a more integral view, but it also allows us to take the next step, which is like, okay, I've got this nice holistic vision, but now I've got a, you know, I need to produce action in the world. I need to do something. And sometimes doing something means being deliberately and skillfully partial in a particular context so that you can, you know, move things in the direction that they need to move in and, and having a sense of sort of, um, you know, how the pendulum is swinging uh, in terms of these, you know, the positives and negatives of each poll, I think is going to greatly inform our ability to be deliberately and skillfully partial. Yes. And we say that both and thinking is to augment either or thinking. We're not saying both and thinking is better than either or thinking. To say that would be an example of either or thinking. Right. So we're, we're wanting to, you know, augment it and yep. um, to use either or thinking in the service of the health of the system, and then to use both and thinking in the service also. Right. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. And then so and then there's sort of the third, I think, major area where there's this can be um, helpful for us, which is, you know, really making sense of the exterior world, navigating our way through it. And again, making more skillful uh, action within that world, you know, within the course itself, we take a look at things like, um, uh, you know, the polarities of nationalism versus globalism, for example, which has become really a, a, a hot issue for a lot of people who are, um, you know, very active politically. We talk about uh, how polarities show up in everything from sexism to racism to gender inequality um, and so forth. And, you know, these are all really, really powerful, I think, applications because it allows us to cut through so much of the noise that's being generated by, you know, whatever sort of media conglomeration we happen to find ourselves in, all of whom are, you know, telling these really, really partial and piecemeal sort of narratives. Um, And we get lost, I think, in the conflicts. And, you know, I think the other aspect of this too is is how it's really going to be tremendously valuable for people who are in leadership position. Mm -hmm. Because it's going to allow them to take a much more sober view of these things, of the various sort of challenges and opportunities um, that they're facing. And, and sort of, uh, again, to identify their biases and their blind spots when, and ultimately make better, more skillful, and more finely tuned decisions. And, you know, per, as we said, perhaps most importantly, being able to make those deliberately partial decisions that can enact a whole lot of good for a whole lot of people. Um, and sort of, you know, help a system get sort of unstuck in a certain kind of way. Absolutely. I, um, it's all of that, yes. And with leaders, it can also help them um, look at the culture and see the polarities um, that are being mismanaged and how they cause cultural pain and um, to trace dysfunctionality to a polarity where one fool is being privileged. I really, I mean, this is a bombastic statement, but I do feel that almost any dysfunctionality can be traced to some polarity being mismanaged or some poll being neglected. And um, I have yet to see that that's not true. Um, any, anything can be explored, any dysfunctionality can be explored from that point of view. And I do want to highlight that you talked about nationalism and globalism, Mm -hmm. that the positives and negatives of nationalism and the positives and negatives of globalism. It's very important to note that there is no inherent negativeness. There's no inherent negative in nationalism. It's when when you privilege it and you neglect globalism that it becomes a problem, that there's negatives. It's when you privilege globalism and neglect nationalism 
that there is a downside, but in themselves, they are both beautiful. Mm -hmm. What is not beautiful about being, uh, having a pride for our nation? And what isn't beautiful about taking care of the globe and, and, and including everybody? So it's the part and whole polarity and taking care of the part and taking care of the whole, both beautiful. There's nothing, there's no inherent negative aspect in each, but they are interdependent. And so if you privilege one over the other, then you are going to sit in a dysfunctional place. Mm. Yeah. And what I'll be really interested in uh, for us to get into in, in later episodes, Bina, is um, how to go about integrating polarities when you have terms like this, nationalism and globalism, being enacted in different ways by different altitudes. Yes. Which adds, you know, some more sort of complexity to the conversation. So a green nationalism is going to look very different than an amber nationalism. So being able to sort of, um, you know, tease those apart um, and plug those into the polarity matrix, I think is going to be, uh, well, it's going to it's going to be an interesting series of conversations, I'm sure. Yeah, and that's been a particular passion of mine to tease out what I might call stage-related polarities. So there are some polarities that we struggle with as a function of our stage meaning-making. And um, working at, with those polarities will be particularly developmental than something that is, has to do more with a preference or more that style-related. Um, so... Um, that would be really interesting to have that conversation with you, or maybe a series of conversations around stage, stages and polarities. Well, that's kind of the good news is we've, we're going to be doing this together for the next year. I know. That's so lovely. I mean, there's so much, so much to, to talk about and share. And at some point, it would be great to get questions and invite some participation. So, um, so we have a lot more uh, voices at the table. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely be lining up, um, you know, some some special Q and A episodes so that we can get, uh, you know, some other voices uh, in here, and so that people can ask you questions because this is such rich material. Um, and you know, again, I just want to remind everyone we've got this beautiful new course, Integrating Polarities. It's coming out in just a few weeks. Um, I, you know, I really think you know, our audience is going to absolutely love this. As you can see from the conversation we just had, this is really a course. For everyone, I mean, this is as much for you know leaders and uh, professionals as it is for coaches and sort of community leaders and for parents and practitioners and you know people who are interested in things like personal development and people who are you know sort of big integral geeks, for example, and people who want to be more integral. I think this is this yeah. is one mechanic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think really anyone who wants to dive more deeply um, into these waters. This is, this is for you. Um, I really can't think of anyone for whom, uh, you know, this, this practice is not going to be tremendously beneficial for. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I can't wait uh, until we get this published in just a few weeks. Um, in the meantime, you and I are going to get uh, back together at the end of next month for episode number two of our so far untitled series together. Yes. I want to thank you for your excitement and your enthusiasm. And um, I am um, really thrilled to situate this work within the integral um, complex, if you will, you know, which includes the theory, the concepts, the products, the artifacts, the community, the people, the resources, the content, the knowledge. And I'm just thrilled to have this be embedded within it. Uh, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's been endlessly helpful for me. Um, it has made me so humble and it has helped me um, look within and own, own, own the things that I reject. And it has taught me to seek the wisdom of what I reject. Um, so I'm deeply appreciative of the work and um, thank you just for your excitement. You know, that means a lot. Um, you're not just doing this as uh, a topic and you know just creating a show but i can see how interested you are in uh, really diving deep and making this available and offering something really valuable um i appreciate you oh thank you for saying so bina um you know i i i um i'm sort of blown away that you know i've known you for such a really long time i've known you for you know somewhere around 15 years or so 
Yeah. And I feel like it's only been somewhat recent that you and I have really been able to have an opportunity to get to know each other this much yeah. more. And I'm just so um, appreciative of that and um, appreciative of, of the work that we're going to be doing together over the next year. And I'm just really, really looking forward to uh, continuing to get to know you and really from learning from you. Um, I've seen you as one of the sort of the, the integral masters in the world who I've always been, you know, really, really attracted to. And um, I just, I, I can't wait to, to unpack all this with you. So thank you so much for your time and for your energy and um, for everything that you do. Oh, thank you, Corey. I don't think I can step into integral masterhood right now, but um, I do. Um, I find this endlessly illuminating and joy gives me a lot of joy to explore. So thank you. Beautiful. All right. Well, in the meantime, thank you everyone for watching us today. My name is Corey DeVos. This has been Bina Sharma. Bina, thank you so much. Until next time. Thank you. All right. Bye. the time this training is available to all supporting members of integral life for only fifty dollars why are we doing this because polarity thinking can change the world our goal is to see at least two thousand people enrolled into this training so that we as a community can begin to put a real dent in the polarization problem beginning with ourselves in our own integral community and then expanding outward through our various networks and spheres of influence the full value of this training is $345, and we're offering non-members an introductory price of $145. But if you are a supporting member of Integral Life, you can get it for $50. It's a total no-brainer, guys. If you're already a supporting member of Integral Life, you really need to enroll in this training. If you're not a member, well, sign up today and you'll get the special $50 price. Just visit IntegralLife.com for more details.